Welcome to Making an Impression, The Sketches. This is part two of the show I recorded with the insanely brilliant Rory Bremner and Kate O'Sullivan. After an initial kerfuffle, uh, we go on to discuss how musicality is often part of the Impressionists' armoury. I talk about doing Billy Connolly in a toilet. Uh, We contrast acting with doing voices. And we cover the importance of rhythm when doing a voice. Uh, We've got, amongst other impressions, John McDonnell, Donald Trump, Nigella and Sharon Osbourne. And Rory and I offer a world first as we share Ozzy Osbourne in the final sketch. It's funny. Honestly, it is. Anyway, enjoy. sketch. This is by uh, another one of our regulars, a guy called Garth App Thomas. In this sketch, we have an interviewer, Kate, that's going to be you. And uh, we have Donald Trump, uh, which is obviously right up Rory's street. Oh, no, because I, I didn't print this one off because it said Kevin Jones, the meditation. I didn't print it up. Hang on. I have to do it from my phone. I can share a screen or something. Can you? Tell you what, look, I can just do it. I can just do it on my phone. Look, I can find you. I can find it. I'll read it from my phone. The wonders of modern technology. This is written by Garth App Thomas, and you're having to use an extra app. He's foreseen that, hasn't he? He's foreseen that in his name. This is an interesting sketch. Uh, I, I'm, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm just desperately padding. Okay. Until Kate. Oh, sorry, finds sorry. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. Now, um, is is this in America? I guess it is. Yeah. Okay, and um, um, presumably I've I've had I'm trans, you know I'm Kevin Jones. Or should we change her name? <laughs> that might be easier, mightn't it? <laughs> this reminds me of a this moment when, when I was cast in an episode of Kingdom, you know the Stephen Fry yes. thing, and they gave me a, a, they cast me as a vicar. And I thought, this is, I'd never been cast in a TV drama before. This is amazing. I thought, God, how wonderful they thought of me. That was just, I was so amazed that they thought of me. And, anyway, and so I think, well, what shall I make him? Shall I make him Scottish or what can I bring to the party? Anyway, and I got about five pages into the script. Uh, and there was a stage direction and it said, and it was about the vicar. And it says, at this stage, Ruby turns around. And I realised they must have written it for Ruby, for Ruby Wax. Wax. <laughs> and she made it for some reason. <laughs> so my joy. But actually, I tell you, but I loved doing it. And I love Stephen. And actually, it was funny because I, I wasn't particularly good in it. But there was one point where I had to threaten Stephen's character as the vicar. And I had to sort of like just doing this. And I sort of just leaned towards him and said, it would be a great pity if you didn't turn up to the fate. And Stephen Price said, I'm terribly sorry. We're going to have to stop. You're being Michael Howard. <laughs> oh. He was absolutely right. It was that Michael Howard. It's all right. I'm not going to hurt you. <laughs> and Stephen had absolutely spotted. Okay, so this is uh, by Garth App Thomas. Is, uh, we've got an interviewer and we've got Donald Trump. Away you go. Hello, and welcome to Celebrity Meditation, the podcast that acts, the podcast that asks superstars for their tips to achieve inner peace. I'm Kara Jones, and this week I'm delighted to welcome our special guest, Mr. Donald Trump. 
Thank you so much, Kira. It's a great honor for you to have me on here today. Lovely, tremendous honor, really. Never been done before. Oh, Donald, you're a guy that knows what it's like to endure the stress of making the tough calls. Well, you know, Kira, I've lost count of the number of times I've had to decide the big calls, you know, the really big calls, Mm -hmm. whether to watch Fox News or switch over to Sesame Street. And yet you always remain so calm. That's because I'm stable. I'm very stable. I'm a truly stable genius. Okay, that's what the J stands for, right? Genius. Well, how how do you achieve this Zen-like serenity? I've created coping strategies to deal with hurtful fake news, Kira. That's what I did. Fake news, such as? Well, you know, I keep reading all sorts of lies. Lies. It's all the fake stuff. Stuff like how my hair comes from a monkey's ass. (laughs) That's absurd. Well, of course it is. After all, gorillas and monkeys, totally different, totally different species. Uh, what's your first tip for us, Donald? Well, I find the best thing, the really, truly soulful thing is chanting, mm-hmm. chanting. Now, chanting has been scientifically proven to have a soothing resonance. Sure, Kier, what could be more comforting than a bang mob storming the Capitol building and chanting, Pence is a traitor! Pence is a traitor. Oh, you know, it makes you proud to be American, doesn't it? You can say that again. Not that I condone violence, of course. Oh, no, heaven forbid. (laughs) So my next piece of advice is I would say to have a regular massage. Oh, the soft, sensuous manipulation of one's body is a joyous experience. Particularly if done by somebody who looks like Ivanka. That's my daughter, right? That's right. So it is. Well... How often did you have a massage when you were a president? Well, you know, Kira, we used to fly a special team of masseuses in from Las Vegas. Right. But you know, how often would depend on what was happening at the White House. Oh, you mean the pressure of your workload? No, that would be whether Melania was home or not. Do you ever get depressed? Well, you know, sometimes even a super chilled guy such as myself can feel a little down, like when Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe stole the election. Oh, I know. I mean, how do you deal with that? Well, you know, Kira, whatever the setback, enjoying a simple yet wholesome meal perks me up again. Ah, nutritious comfort food, right? Can't beat it. (laughs) Kira, it's truly nature's way of healing, right? And what's your personal recommendation? Well, you know, I find... 12 Big Macs and fries, followed by six tubs of Ben and Jerry's. Always hits the spot. Always does it. Does the trick. Yum. And any other advice? Well, now we come to my ultimate tip for stress busting. Oh, and what's that? A water feature. Oh, gorgeous. The sound of a gentle cascade as it ebbs and flows is so absorbing. I totally agree. Totally. But you know, Donald, sadly, it's not always possible to access if you're abroad on a stressful business trip or something like that, you know? Well, worry no more, because I've devised a special technique for that very eventuality. Which is? You check into a hotel room, right? You hire two hookers, and you listen as they piss all over the mattress. (laughs) Like room service. They come in, they say... I'm going to turn down your bed. You say, I say you'd be the first. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. That was absolutely fantastic. And I want to just say to our listeners here, and all of these sketches, incidentally, will all appear on our website, which is uh, www.voicemaestros.com. And you will notice if you uh, follow the sketch 
uh, online and listen to Rory and Kate there, uh, you will see that they were both riffing, uh, Rory especially, riffing quite a lot, going off, slightly off script, to give it those Trumpisms that, that absolutely nail the character. I thought it was a fascinating kind of study in using the basic script and then adding those frills and nuances and bits and pieces that then give you the voice did you had you pre-planned any of that or was that something that kind of came as you as you did the lines well you know because part of the joy of this is we're getting scripts kind of last minute and yeah. you'll so these are almost for these are genuine these are first readings that we're doing um but yeah i, was, I made a, a couple of notes here and there and the thing with trump is he just always uses too many words you know he gets just tremendous really is it's great and it very special special people wonderful people right okay mm. and um, i wish I, I haven't got time to find it so so quickly um there's a if you just if, if you look at a transcript of a trump speech it just doesn't make any sense because mm gets halfway through things and corrects himself it's quite a sort of adhd trait in sense he constantly interrupts himself and and breaks it up so it doesn't really make any sense on the page and that's because of all those little trumpisms which lewis does very well he was used to sort of add a little bit of extra add a bit of extra <laughs> yet that's what he did okay great absolutely tremendous but there was another interesting thing so yes, you're trying to do that because it's really important from a writer's point of view. And Jeff Atkinson, who was uh, my producer and writer uh, all the time when we were doing um, Brenda Bird and Fortune, and he had a wonderful ear, uh, so that's a Lord's Alan Bennett ear, for the rhythm of a character, the way somebody spoke. So when you read it, almost for the first page, for the first time, you can it's, it's easy to read because it, it reads in the rhythm of the character. So he'd write some John Motson stuff, and it would have, you know, hello, very much so, I fancy. And little yeah. words, like little extra little bits. And you thought, he's got it. He's got that rhythm. Yeah. So yes. you try to add those in. You've got to imagine what Trump... Yeah. But another little element, and both of us, I was so glad, Kate, because I noticed it with you as well, because we're reading this sort of for the first or second time, and I got to, on page two, I got to, is to have a regular massage. And massage, now, the long A. Massage. It's the thing to do if you're faking an American accent. Because if you say, okay, Simon, I'll do it on you. You can be my guinea pig. Okay, you know, put on an American accent, okay? All right, put on an American accent. Okay, and say say the Lord's Prayer. You know, I'm an atheist. I just don't do this. Our Father. Oh, you didn't fall into it, right? No, most no. people would put in a rotic, a, a retroflex R there, yeah. Retroflex? I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> Bloody hell's that? What's a retroflex R? Well, it, it, I guess it describes the action of your tongue in, on the floor of your mouth uh, as you're making the now. R. <laughs> Boris loves them. Um, but it, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> Rec uh, yeah, look at the retroflect art on that. So, so the tongue flexes backwards uh, on itself, doesn't it? So, er, er. And you don't do that with father. You don't do that with father. You don't, not in father. No, that would be an intrusive retroflex R. Yeah. So uh, that's a, that's a common a common pitfall in the American accent. So, mm. so if you've learned one thing in this podcast, that there's, there's nothing worse than an intrusive reflective R. <laughs> retroflex, retroflex. There's nothing worse than an intrusive retroflective R. <laughs> <laughs> massage, massage. Uh, so, massage. so very much like the the different the emphases um, with, with the American is very much usually on the first syllable. So, address, lever. 
obviously you have the the rogue chamomile and Barbados and stuff. But um, it, it, so, for instance, sh- everyone says schedule now, but that's actually the American. The, our English is schedule. The German, the Germanic origins of sh. Uh, so schedule. Uh, people say research, which is American research. It's actually research. The the, the English version. So. Uh, missile is, a, is another one, isn't it? Missile that's always a giveaway. Nuclear. They all say nuclear. Yeah, nu- nuclear. There was a line in the Woody Allen film, and Woody Allen is describing a guy, you know, like a straight-up stand-up guy who's a bit of a loudmouth. He said, yeah, I, I, I guarantee he says nuclear. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> the guy lovely. then goes, nuclear. <laughs> I, I think, I think I played, by, played by Alan Alda saying nuclear. So anyway, I uh, can't remember the film. I probably got that completely wrong. Beautiful Woody Allen. Gosh, I'm shocked. I'm shocked you even mentioned me. <laughs> you know, I, I, just... I feel that, Simon, we need to interview you. Now. So I'm going to, like Lorraine Kelly now. So, Simon, your impressions are so fantastic. You know, when did you first realise that you had this talent that, you know, you could do the voices and that? Because it's amazing. It's brilliant. I've been doing voices all my life, love. Um, uh, ever <laughs> since I can remember. It's in, it's interesting, this, actually, because I think probably all of us, and it's true of everybody who's been on all of these shows, kind of didn't go looking for this right it, it's something that you suddenly realized you could do i remember when i was a very young boy i had this joke that someone had told me at school and it required a scottish accent i don't think i even knew what a scottish accent was you know there's some an englishman an irishman and a scotsman in an airplane right and they're looking down at a field and there's a cow and the irishman goes that's an irish cow that's definitely an Irish cow. And then the Englishman goes, no, 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 that's an English cow. And then the Scotsman says, oh, it's a Scottish cow because it's got bagpipes. Right, so that was my joke when I was a kid. And I wanted to tell that joke, right? So I, I acquired those accents. I don't remember going out looking for them. I don't remember being particularly great at them. But I already knew then that, because my dad couldn't do accents, right? And he'd, we'd be going in the car somewhere. And we say, we'd be in the middle of, you know, uh, Scotland. Right, Dad, how do they talk here? And you go, oh, they talk like this here. They talk like this here. And then you go, uh, and then you'd be in Wales. <laughs> how do they talk here, Dad? Oh, they talk like this here. And we thought he was great. Um, but actually, Did you think he was great? Oh, right. Oh, well, okay, so on reflection. No, we thought he was great for, he was great for trying. <laughs> but but no. really, he had no ear whatsoever. And it's uh-huh. interesting because my, my eldest daughter's got a great ear. She can, she can really turn any accent on. My youngest just can't. <laughs> you think, why is that? And my youngest is a comedy writer. She's brilliant. She's so funny, but she can't do an accent. And so it's something we've... Is she musical? Well, my eldest is quite musical, but... I was going to say, so is one more musical than the other? Because I think there's a musical ear there. So... Kate, what do you reckon? Music is, is a huge part of it, isn't it? And rhythm, of course. Mm. And, uh, but I, I have known impressionists who don't sing. So, so that kind of debunks that theory too. But um, I guess it's, it's a combination of things, isn't it? It's how you hear things, how you interpret those things that you hear. Everyone is able to pick up accents as a baby. So I think from beyond the age of 10 months, we lose the ability to absorb um, any other accent than that which we are sort of hearing around us. 
the whole time. So that's why in Japan it's so difficult for people to hear the, the letter R because they didn't grow up hearing it. And, and those things、mm. are embedded from a very early age. So you're saying that impressionists have a mental age of 10 months? <laughs> I think that's pretty close. Don't you think there is an element of Tourette's in us? I was watching、uh, Denzel Washington last night, actually, ahead of this show. And he was,、uh, you know, he's got that, that thing going, the、uh, thing. And, I think, I, and as he was doing it, I was doing it perfectly. Of course, I can't do it now. But, you know, he's got that laugh. Oh, yeah, right, right. No, which, uh, <laughs> all that stuff. And I thought, if I,、uh, but it's that ridiculous thing of just, you just hear my wife will often go, What are you doing? And I go,、yeah. no, Nothing, nothing, nothing at all, nothing. I'm doing Jeff Goldblum. Ah, right, yeah. Ah, oh, ah. What, she, what are you doing that for? I, I got into a lot of trouble with that, with that impulse、uh, at school. A lot of trouble. Yeah, it was terrible. But also, you know, where do you practice? Because, you know, <laughs> and sometimes you might be on your way to something. You might be sitting, sitting on the tube or sitting on a bus, and either you're reading a script or in your head or whatever. Or, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I'll catch myself. Walking along the street, and I'm thinking out something as Trump. <laughs> you know, and I feel myself, and, and、yeah. I, kind of, I kind of just go with it because I assume that people either think, you know, poor guy, he's obviously. Well, it's <laughs> fine for you, Rory, of course, because they'll all go, oh my God, it's Rory Bremner. He's trying out a new voice. That's <laughs> I mean, great. Isn't he say, gosh, devoted to his art? They'll say, gosh, Simon Lipson's let himself go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, em- embarrassingly, I used to, when I was doing stand up,、uh, I was still running my business.、Um, we had a, an office at the top, top floor of a,、uh, a building in Cheapside, and、um, they, there was a men's toilet next door, and it had one cubicle and a couple of urinals. So I used to go in there and sit in the toilet and do impressions, right? I'd write material. And one day I was going, I was doing Billy Connolly. I couldn't do Billy. I was doing weird. I've done all that and watch your hand, blah, blah, blah. And then as I'm doing that, I suddenly heard tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. Someone was washing his hands. Oh, oh, my shit. That's someone who works for me. So I went, I went back into the room. Oh, we are doing a jobby. Who saw me do that? That was embarrassing. And, and I looked around and everyone had their eyes down. So he, whoever it was, had gone in there and gone, you don't know, you do not want to know what's going on in that toilet. Seriously, just look down when he comes back in. And they did, and they, they, they spared me the embarrassment of that. But there, there was that thing. And I, and I was going hell for leather in there, you know, just really giving Billy everything.、So. I, I must say that the pandemic hasn't endeared me to my neighbours. Yes, I, you, you know, they're hearing all sorts of strange things. I mean, I've you know, been doing animations and, and whatever, and it, it just, they, they can hear all these strange, strangulated cries and <laughs> voices. Yeah. I was going to just put this to you brie-、uh, briefly because we, we do need to, to push on with the next sketch, actually. But I didn't train as an actor.、Uh, I, don't, I don't think you did, Rory, did you? No, God, certainly not. Did you train, Kate? Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. I, I went for three years to Trauma Centre.、Right. Yeah, yes, as you we、did. used to call you're it. A, you're a proper <laughs> actress.、Um, so when I used to do you know, comedy,、uh, sketch comedy, and I had my own series on Radio 4 at one time, I mean, we did loads and loads of characters in that series. And I also acted that particular show we did, we did at the Edinburgh Festival. And I always used to think, look, I'm not an actor. I don't inhabit characters. I don't really have motivation, <laughs> any of that shit. I, I didn't have that going on in my head. The first thing I used to do when I was trying to act was let me find an accent for this character. And then from there, I can fake 
being an actor. So, you know, I try and do something like like a weird hotelier. I, I, I just adopt that accent for no particular reason. But it gave me a way <laughs> into a character. And, Roy, you just mentioned acting with Stephen Fry. Did you find acting difficult? Because suddenly you don't have the tools that Kate's got to to oh, I wouldn't say help that. you oh. into into a character. Well, oh, come on, you're you're all tooled up over there. Come on, yeah, tooled up. Um, no, I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. I mean, I think you know, I need. I, part of me needs the comfort blanket of a really clear reference and yeah. sort of know you. And I suppose when I, I, I when I was doing the Noel Coward thing at first, I was playing a butler. And I thought, what can I again? I sort of thought, well, should I play with a slight sort of sort of accent or something? Like that? And then it became clear because it was in about sort of page four or five of the script. He actually said where he came from or something. <laughs> but actually, I still with that. I did a, I just, I did, I did a sort of downstairs, upstairs voice and a downstairs voice. Mm, so nice. he was slightly more refined, and his upstairs voice when he was talking to my lady, which was Patricia Hodge. I would, and I realised I was being slightly John Fortune. You know the way that John Fortune, George <laughs> Paul, you are the member of a certain and i realized so it, it, i was quite close to the little the, the john fortune i used i loved that because mm. it made, i loved john fortune so there was a little bit of him so that was yeah that, it, i think it's probably an impressionist thing that you tend to but although actors also you know they look amongst their friends or their acquaintances i think kate and yeah. they, they yeah. find they find something there i mean the closest, the only one moment of acting was, uh, I was very lucky. It was with Patricia Hodge and Caroline Quentin. Caroline was the lady's maid. Uh, and so the lady's maid and the butler would have these scenes together. And, uh, but as Patricia was very, very, um, she would absolutely get her performance perfect. And then that would be her performance for the run, you know, because oh. she'd absolutely honed down everything. And that was, and it was, that was beautifully done. Mm hmm. And, you know, that was the way. Whereas Caroline liked to sort of improvise, which actually sometimes can really throw you because, Yes. Your muscle memory. So some actors don't like it. When, but anyway, uh, the reason I mentioned it was it was the, the one time, and I, 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 I thought, oh, this is what it is to act. Like she said something like uh, about hiding a magazine or something. So how did you know it was there? And I just came back as the butler saying, because you put it there yesterday. And I, I imitated her back to her. But it was in character. I'd never done it before. A weird thing, and an absolute flash of electricity went through her eyes because it, uh, it was a delivery. Because uh, I delivered a line in a different way, but it was mm. absolutely because she said, No, 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 no. And I just did, as you would re in real life, I just said, No, 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 no. And in that moment, I realized that I hadn't reacted the way that I'd rehearsed it or the way to put it, but I'd reacted to the way that she'd said something mm. in her character on the stage. The truthfulness is the same with impressions though isn't it the ones that we love i mean obviously there are different sort of there's sketches aren't there and there are sort of uh, pen and you know line drawings and there are oil paintings within our within within our art form but i think if there is truthfulness at the core of whatever it is it's funny and that's the same for acting so i think that's where they 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 meet the two meet it, as long as there's truthfulness yep this is interesting stuff. I, I'm, again, conscious of time, so we're going to press on. But uh, mm -hmm. certainly something I'd like to return to. Uh, you're both back on the show at, at, at later, a later stage in the series. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to these, uh, these interesting topics. What we're going to do now is a sketch by another uh, sketch by Rob Smith. It's got a kids presenter. That's you, Kate. Come on, all day long. <laughs> and it's got John McDonnell, which is, of course, Rory. Um, yeah, so it's, um, it's 
CBBC lockdown maths show for kids. So away you go. Welcome to the CBBC Lockdown Maths Challenge. We've got a we've got a very special guest on the Maths Challenge today. It's the former Shadow Chancellor John McDonnell, and he's going to teach us all about division. Thank you for coming, John. We're really excited to have you on our CBBC Maths Challenge. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to be here, although it's it, it's a wonder there's anything left for kids after decades of Tory austerity. So, were you always a big fan of maths at school? Well, yeah, I did like maths. I've always found it's important to get a good grounding in numbers, like 10,000 cuts to police or millions and millions of pounds of chronic underspending on the NHS. Remember, John, this is a programme for Key Stage 1. <laughs> Well, yes, and there won't be a key stage too if we break free of the shackles of rampant capitalism that oppresses the worker and rewards the 1%. For the many, not the few. Right, moving on. So, John, I believe today you're going to teach all the boys and girls about division. Yeah, that's right. So, boys and girls, at its simplest, division is the number of times that one number can go into another number. And we show that something is being divided with a line and two dots. Oh, that's great, John. And do you have an example of division for the boys and girls to practice? Well, look, if Jeremy Corbyn secures 40% of the popular vote in 2017, which was much better than Gordon Brown and Ed Miliband, how divided do Labour right-wingers have to be to sabotage our 2019 election? (sighs) Do you have an example that's a bit more child-friendly? Well, nothing about this government is child-friendly, and if Keir doesn't step up, it's the end of public services as we know it, and we'll have a society divided, a society of the 1% and everyone else. How about Sorry. we do 10... I'll do it again. I'll, I'll do it again. <laughs> nothing, nothing about this government is child-friendly, and if Keir doesn't step up, it's the end of public services as we... Start again. <laughs> <laughs> nothing about this government. Nothing about this government is child friendly. And if Keir doesn't step up, it's the end of public services as we know it, and we'll be a society divided—a society of the one percent and of everyone else. How about we do ten divided by two? What would that give us? Well, why don't you ask the mainstream media? You can't trust them. You can't trust any of them. Thank you, John. That's been very helpful. Don't forget, kids, tune in next week to hear the chair of Test and Trace talk about why things don't add up. Very good. Very good. I, uh, first of all, uh, I, I did like your your cheery interview. Uh, desperately trying to navigate your way around <laughs> <laughs> a rather a rather uh, serious uh, uh, interviewee. And that's lovely. That's a lovely sketch. I like that that's one. A pretty yeah. good darn good uh, John McDonnell there. I have to say, already uh, well sustained as well. It reminded me a bit of your. Uh, I, I saw elements there for your your Alan Bennett. You know, you did this wonderful Alan Bennett for the radio show we did. Well, it, yeah. I, well, I started off Yorkshire. Actually, I was beginning to think it's a little bit, it's a little bit John Prescott. When you see John Prescott, <laughs> so I, and then, then it became the David Blunkett stuff, which I thought about that. You know, <laughs> does he have a, a sort of an undershot jaw as well, John McDonald? As I'm thinking of yes. him, does he? Oh, so there's that, yes. that there's that placement as well, and he always looks like he's chewing something at the back. I was thinking when I watch him, like, <laughs> but, but yes, you're right. And and actually, I, I caught myself halfway through of thinking because he's he comes he's, he comes across quite humorless doesn't he yes he, he does right? and there's something actually there's something that's it's, 
it's understated. And, and if I was to do it again, I'd experiment sort of say, well, can we do it a little bit softer? Because there's something about him which is very, yeah. it's very soft and softly spoken, but there's something sinister <laughs> there behind it. I don't know what it is. It's something... I just realised, I wrote at the beginning, at the top of the page, I've written John McDonnell, obviously, uh, so I, I know who I'm doing, I put, <laughs> and I've written two words, avuncular and steeliness. Mm. Yes. And those are my two, so so I tried to be, you know, your favourite un- uncle, but don't push me. <laughs> yeah. I always used to play with David Blunkett, used to be, uh, don't pat the dog, he'll have your fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> I always found when I was doing characters on stage or even when I was doing them on radio that I was, I remained conscious of who I was and sometimes self-conscious. So there was never a point at which I thought I've lost myself in this character. And and I think that's what separates me from an actor because I I never inhabited a character. I I just did that character. It felt like uh, I've, I've, just put a cape on for a bit and then I'll take it off. And, and, but all through that, I was just Simon. Yeah, I can relate to that. But Kate is, a, is an actress, so actor. So you would, uh, you've got through. I mean, that's why I have. But also, there's the rehearsal period because, of course, we are yeah, true. fundamentally, I mean, I don't sort of even like, well, I, actually, I did like rehearsing because, but you normally never have time as an impressionist. Mm. You know, you'd have to learn, you have to learn voices, things very mm. quickly, for mm-hmm. a topical sketch or whatever. And so you have to develop all sorts of shorthand. And I'm very used throughout my life to instant gratification because in the stand-up, again, you deliver yeah. the line, you get the laugh. You deliver, and you don't go through that process of rehearsal. But when we did the play with Trevor Nana and with, with Patricia and Caroline, it was, you know, a long period of rehearsal. And you realize that that's, it's a luxury to have that time, but of, of, of how much you can learn and develop and experiment. I mean, it's so a lot of the time is taken up gossiping. Of course it is, but <laughs> play, play is part of that rehearsal, isn't it? Yes. That Kate was talking uh, earlier. She, she mentioned, you know, you learn the techniques and technical stuff and then you sort of, I, I, I call it hiding the wires. You then sort of forget <laughs> it. It's all there, but you forget it. And I imagine, you know, that, that you and I, Simon, only get to the first base of learning lines and thinking, God, I mustn't forget, I mustn't get this wrong, I must deliver this correctly, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas the actresses or actors like Kate, that's kind of there, that's nailed on. Mm. And the rest of it, it's what I think I always call effortlessness, which in sport, for something like David Gower, it's the technique, of course, but there's something about when you find it, there's a freedom of expression and when the two go together. Yeah. So we are stuck with the technique, but when there is the freedom of expression, when you, when you are so familiar with the lines, mm. but also I remember watching John Fortune do this when he played art that, you know, there were certain words and he, he would make each word something, no, you make a lot of the words sound as if you only just thought of them, Yeah. you know, and that mm. was a remarkable thing. So I don't know, let's say the line said, uh, I've, I find such happiness or something. And he was, I find such happiness you know and you think oh yes it's good and because it, i had the natural inflections which is why kate remember john burden fortune when they did those interview pieces yeah they would never write a script down they would do it in note yeah. form because that allowed them to phrase it and for all the pauses and the the different ways of ex- of ex- they had to the punch lines of course they had to sometimes they had to be very particularly written because then they would work and land properly but the way they got there was often just they they, they allowed themselves to be conversational um and the bit the great the genius of acting is to make take script and make it sound as if the character has just only just thought about it rory we it's never too late so uh we we could still oh. 
Maybe it is. Okay. It really isn't. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's about allowing yourself to be vulnerable as well. And, and I'm, as comedians, we have too much armour. That's the, that's the issue. You have to dig away at the armour for a bit. Mm. Well, again, we'll, I'm sure we'll come back to, to this uh, in, in later shows. Let's do the last, uh, the last sketch. Um, now, this is an interesting one. It's got Nigella Lawson. It's got Sharon Osbourne and it's got Ozzy Osbourne. Now, I am very happy to have a shot at Ozzy having never ever done him before but but i listened to him this morning and he just sounds like he's drunk the whole time something like that. But, so i'm happy to <laughs> to just do a, a kind of a please because uh, I, I i had a little go and i sounded i just sounded like nigel between Nigel Mansell and uh, and Bungle, you know, from uh, like, uh, 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 so we I, I'm very happy to have a go at this, but if Rory, if you if you fancy if you fancy it, I'm very happy to just step aside and let you have a go at it yourself. I don't know. Why, why don't you both do it? Why don't you both do it? Just do, l- l- do alter- alternate. Yeah. All right, we're going to alternate the Aussie okay. lines. Okay, that should be fun. So you you take you take the first one, Rory Keenel. Okay. All right. Uh, and I'll, I'll uh, right. Okay. So here we go. This is uh, by Sean Percival. By the way, Sean Percival is uh, another regular contributor to the show, and he's a brilliant stand-up as well. He used to do stand-up with Sean, and he's, uh, by the way, he comes from over there as well, you know, basically. So, you know, he's one of those folk. Yeah, I always do that Cod um, Midlands accent when Sean sends a sketch in that we do, because basically it's me just being an arsehole, you know what I mean? (laughs) Okay, so um, (laughs) here we go. Nigella, away, take it away. Hello, everyone. I'm Nigella Lawson. Welcome to my brand new show. I've decided to call it Mouthwater Ingredients. Mouthwatering Ingredients, likely fried, or MILF for short. And every week at the end of the show, a delicious MILF will be spread out on the kitchen table for you all to drool over. But before I get to that, it's time to welcome my first celebrity guest. Joining me online all the way from his kitchen in Beverly Hills, California, USA, it's none other than Ozzy Osbourne. Hello, Ozzy. Ozzy, I can see you, but I can't hear you. You need to unmute, Ozzy. Yeah, just press that button down there. Yes, yeah, it's there somewhere on the left. Good hell, I'd definitely give her one. Yeah, that's it. We can hear you now, Ozzy. Oh, sorry. Uh, hello, Nigella. Oh, hi there, Ozzy. It's great to have you on the show. What are you going to be cooking with today? Uh, the oven. Oh, no, I mean, what ingredients are you going to be using? Oh, well, I've got a slice of uh, bread and, and an egg. Oh, yes, I like that. It's so delightfully minimalistic. Please enlighten us, Ozzy. What are you going to make and how have you prepared the dish? Well, I'm, I'm going to be doing boiled egg on toast, Nigella. And just before we come on air, Sharon put the bread in the toaster and the egg in a pan of boiling water. Oh, fantastic. Is Sharon there, Ozzy? Uh, she's in the bedroom cleaning the dog shit off the door. I, 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 hang on, hang on. I can smell something funny. Oh, that might be the toast burning, Ozzy. Oh, oh, yeah. Sharon! 
Sharon, the toast burning. Well, just press the button on the side of the toaster, Rosie, <laughs> and it'll pop out. What, what button? I, I can't see any button. I'm so oh, no, dis- I'm, no, Ozzy, Ozzy, don't put your I hands in the toaster, you'll get yet. electrocuted. Uh, I haven't finished me line yet. Oh, for fuck's yet. sake, see, look, bullshit, bullshit, my line, not listening, <laughs> ploughing on. I'm going I'll feed back you to my line, which is what button? I, I can't see any button. I'll sod this, I'm just going to get it out with me hands. Hang on, Nigella. No, Ozzy, don't put your hands in the toaster, you'll get electrocuted. Oh. oh dear, are you all right, Ozzy? No, I'm not fucking all right. There's smoke coming off the end of me fucking fingers. Ozzy, your boiled egg will probably be ready now. It might be prudent if you were to remove it from the pan, toot sweet. Okay, Nigel, I'll just use my other hand to get the egg out. Wait a sec. What? No, Ozzy, what are you doing? Don't put your fingers in the boiling water. Oh, oh, oh the fucking hand now. Oh, Sharon! Sharon! I'm coming, Ozzy. What do you need? The butter? No, I need the plasters and some TCP. I've burnt me fucking fingers. Oh. I'm in agony. Don't be such a baby, Ozzy. Oh, hi, Nigella. I'll finish this off for Ozzy, shall I? I'll just put the egg in an egg cup, spread some lure back on his toes, cut it into thin strips, and there you go, Nigella, all finished. Mmm, soldiers. I... Absolutely love soldiers, Sharon. There's nothing I like better than giving one a good suck after it's been dipped in my yolk. Mmm, I'd give anything to have one of those in my mouth right now. I'm licking my lips just thinking about it. Sharon, Sharon, have you got a hanky? Look. Oh, Ozzy, what do you want to... Oh, you're disgusting. We've got, we've got to go, Nigella. There's been an accident. Ozzy, how could you? Oh, it's that posh bird's fault for talking dirty. Have you seen the size of her? Ah, uh, well, ha <laughs> That's it for today. Please join me tomorrow, where, with the help of flour, water, yeast, and salt, I'll be producing some huge baps. Oh no, Shannon, he's having it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was a complete mess or, or genius. I, or somewhere in between. Yeah. What's Eddie Grundy's dad in The Archers? What's it called? <laughs> what was, you know, who was the archer bloke who used to speak like? Who was that? I don't know. Yeah, it was the older Grundy, not Eddie Grundy, his dad, was it? Oh, was it? I oh, don't know. God. It's like, oh, There's my God. There's a bit of Noddy Holder in there. There's <laughs> Noddy Holder in there. Oh, God. And that was just in the Nigella. <laughs> <laughs> I loved your Sharon Osbourne, by the way. Oh, shucks. <laughs> Thank you. That was a huge fun. I don't know if it was any good, but it was huge fun. Great sharing a <laughs> role with uh, the, the great Rory Bremner. And I want to say thank you. You've both been, both, apart from being brilliant with the voices and the sketches, uh, wonderful guests, great stories, great insights, uh, loads of voices. So w- what more could anyone ask? Uh, Rory, thank you. Not at all. And thank you. It's lovely to see you, Kate. Thank you. Well. And lovely, lovely to see you, Rory. Yeah, oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And thanks so much, Simon. Lovely, Simon.
Avuncular steeliness. <laughs> so I, yeah. I didn't hear that. I missed that. But I it... said avuncular steeliness. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Avuncular steely and warm. I'm going to go and give my wife some avuncular steeliness right now. <laughs> See how she likes that. Um, Inspired oh, by yeah. Boris. Thank you, Rory. Uh, thank well, you, thank to you Kate. Together. Thank you. It's a joy, and and we'll see you both. Uh, perhaps not together, but we'll see you both uh, later on in the series. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you again, and we'll see you next time on Making an Impression: The Sketches. Bye bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to part two of this podcast with Rory Bremner and Kate O'Sullivan. If you enjoyed the show, why not drop us a five-star review and subscribe on Apple or Spotify or your chosen podcast platform. Come and follow us on Twitter at Voice Maestros. I'll be dropping video clips of the recordings, bits of inside info, links to the shows. And there's all that and more, including all the sketches, on our website, www.voicemaestros.com. And you can subscribe to our newsletter there. The performers and I will be happy to engage and chat across the various platforms. Oh, and we've got a Making an Impression Facebook page. So come and have a look there. Join us next time for another Making an Impression. <laughs>